Well, look who it is. I am back in New York City after working UFC fight night in Vegas over the weekend. And what a wild weekend it was inside the octagon. But not only that, also just all around our country and abroad. Nothing ceases to amaze me at this point, and it has me asking a very poignant question this morning, which I'll be getting to in just a second, as OutKick This Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into OutKick The Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold, and as you know, I just said it, I was in Vegas for UFC this weekend. It was an awesome weekend, as it always is, at the Apex. Uh, we had lots of great fights on the card. The main event only lasted 33 seconds with Bobby Green getting a knockout over Grant Dawson much quicker than expected. I literally had just said right before that happened, I hope Grant Dawson gets the win. Uh, because I just think it would have been such a cool thing to see him accomplish. And he's such a great guy. And I had a lot of fun interviewing him earlier in the weekend. And then next thing you know, I think I jinxed him. He got knocked out. Uh, but not only that, we had a very important person in the house at the Apex this weekend. Tom Brady, ladies and gentlemen, front and center, sitting with Dana White. I was... I was a little confused. I was like, why is Tom Brady here? Uh, because, uh, again, it was it was an Apex fight. But, hey, Tom Brady, apparently a big UFC fan. He wanted in on the action. And while in Vegas, why not? Uh, so definitely a fun weekend. Uh, a crazy time for all to be had. But it really had me evaluating the entire sports landscape this weekend from a general perspective. And there was a lot of craziness that went down all around. Uh, punctuated, of course, by the 49ers' absolute beatdown of the Dallas Cowboys last night. The Pac-12 late night also did not disappoint with USC and Arizona State needing three overtimes. Uh, there was also Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers, who were looking horrendous, becoming the first pitcher in MLB history to give up five runs and five RBIs in a playoff game without recording an out. Uh, but don't worry, LA sports fans, the Rams got Cooper Cup back in a big way, but... We all know it was the Miami Hurricanes that won the weekend on the internet and really for decades with the absolutely insane way that they lost. Yeah, Miami had the game won against Georgia Tech. All they had to do, literally all they had to do, they had one job, take a knee during their final offensive series. As sports fans out there, I'm sure you've heard of the victory formation. It's a, a pretty simple play. Uh, that's what football teams do when the game is mathematically over. You get up to the line of scrimmage. You snap the football, you tell the quarterback to take a knee. And then he hops up, he hands the football to a ref, and guess what? Right then he gets to start celebrating because the clock is going to run out before there's time to run another play. Well, it seems like Miami coach Mario Cristobal apparently has never heard about this revolutionary football play. Instead, uh, they made the call to run the ball. And you guessed it. They fumbled, and we got an awesome reaction. Ah, uh, yep. It's very clear what this, this player is saying over here. What the F are we doing? That is center Matt Lee mouthing, what the F are we doing? And Matt, buddy, I feel your pain. And little did you know that phrase that you just mouthed there on the sidelines would provide the theme for my show this morning. Yet Georgia Tech, after that went down, pulled off one of the most improbable comeback wins in the history of college football. And trust me, everybody, the game and the way Miami gave it away will be talked about for decades because three plays after the fumble and Georgia Tech had the football, this happened. Back to King, flushed down to his right, looking. Five seconds to go. He will toss it into the end zone at the five. Larry into the end zone. Touchdown, Jackets. Touchdown, Jackets. One second left. Christian Larry. 
Oh, Miami, you were not alone this weekend with that profound question of what the F are we doing? Because Patriots fans also found themselves asking the exact same thing as they watched Bill Belichick suffer the worst defeat in the history of his career for the second week in a row. This time, it was in front of the home fans in Foxborough. You know, Foxborough, the same stadium that is hosting the Army-Navy game in December, where so many veterans and their families are asking the same question, what the F are they doing when they learned that over 70 hotel room reservations were unceremoniously canceled and given to migrants. You heard me go off about this on Friday. It is absolutely something that's happening, and it is absolutely absurd. So that brings me to my overall point. What the F are we doing in the world, whether it be in sports or otherwise. So now here to help me answer this deep and very philosophical question, let's welcome in Rob Smith, host of the Cancel Rob Smith podcast and also a senior political analyst of Off the Press. So good morning to you, Rob. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, and you can't cancel me. It's Can't Cancel Rob Smith, uh, which is relaunching today, Uh, so hopefully everybody will go down a little bit. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm glad that you can't be canceled because I'm going to ask you about a lot of things that a lot of people refuse to speak on uh, in fear of being canceled. But it has us asking the question, what the F are we doing? That's the, that's the theme of today's show. So keep that in mind. Uh, but we, I want to begin with what's going on in Chicago uh, because there's a groundswell of outrage really right now, which is causing voters to really question their Democratic leaders after youth football programs have begun losing their fields and also community centers to shelter Illegals, similar to what we're seeing in New York, similar to what we're seeing in L.A. It's happening all over the place, Chicago being the latest. So, Rob, what the F are we doing here? Well, I I guess what the F we're doing here is that, you know, uh, citizens of Chicago are finally seeing what their Democrat leaders have sold them out for, which is basically illegal immigrants. And it's really interesting when you, you know, you watch this clip of this uh, this youth um, football um, place that's getting sort of re uh, they're they're putting migrants in there and they're kind of kicking these people out this is one of the second videos that I've seen I've seen a lot of these different videos there's one video um, that actually went crazy on a property I managed called Douglas Society so that is a black conservative oriented uh, media platform where a woman says I don't care take them to Venezuela take them anywhere else but we don't want an illegal immigrant shelter in our neighborhoods so we're seeing this happen in these dim run cities all across the country and I think that black voters are almost waking up to the fact that they've been sold out uh, by Democrats uh, for illegal immigrants I don't know how many more election cycles it is going to take but we hope that one day Uh, They figure it out, but it is happening all across the country. And the interesting thing to me is that they are not connecting this to the leadership that they have been voting for for decades and decades and decades. Um, They're sort of drinking the Kool-Aid that, oh, well, you know, if uh, Governor Abbott down in Texas had not started busting these people up here, then this wouldn't be a problem for us, which we both know is completely ridiculous. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. How how many more times is it going to take, you know, whether it be the dealing with migrants in Chicago, whether it be the crime, whether it be, you know, them now turning and blaming Kia and Hyundai for thefts rather than the criminals themselves? It just feels like there's so much that's going on. And, and like you said, people just keep turning a blind eye or don't really uh, attributing it to their really lack of leadership. I mean, just the horrible leadership that they have. Uh, when do you see, you said a couple election cycles, you really think it could take that long? 
No, I really do. Unfortunately, I, I'm a little fatalistic about this, particularly when it comes to Black voters. You know, I got dragged all over Twitter, now known as X, uh, a couple of weeks ago when I said that, you know, this idea that these uh, majority Black voters in these major cities that have been let down by Democrats over and over and over again, the idea that they're just going to wake up one day and, you know, the light bulb is going to pop up in their mind and they're going to start voting for Republicans. Um, I don't think that that day is coming anytime soon because the idea that if you are black, you automatically have to be a Democrat has been so ingrained into these communities mm -hmm. for decades and decades and decades. And the community leaders that they listen to, whether it be the elected officials or uh, the people in the churches that have been bought off by the local Democrat elected officials, uh, they're going to tell them the same thing that, you know, you're a good person, keep on voting for Democrats, and they're going to find some way to make what is going on uh, with, you know, the um, the wide open southern border. This is now at their doorstep. Right. And this is because of the policies overall of the Biden administration and their Democrat leadership is going to find some way to make them think that this is somehow to be blamed on Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think looking past just the black community in other cities across the country that also are highly democratic, New York City, for yeah. example, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's not just the black community that's voting for the Democrat leaders here uh, in the state of Massachusetts. I mean, we're just seeing so much craziness happened with with the illegals yeah. being bust in by the thousands every day. I mean, Eric Adams even said, I think $12 billion ultimately is going to have to go towards dealing with the migrant crisis. And then we just saw in Massachusetts, uh, in the Foxborough area, uh, they had all these reservations that were already allocated to veterans and military families for the Army-Navy game that now have been wiped out in order for illegals to be sheltered. So we're just we're seeing this happen in so many different places. You you think yeah. that not just in places like Chicago, but you think there's going to be more of a groundswell to the realization that we need to go in a different direction politically in all of these cities that traditionally have been liberal? You know, I would like to think so, but I, I think that liberals in these big cities and you brought up New York and I want to uh, I want to kind of pick on New York for a little bit. You know, I lived in New York for 12 years. I'm a Floridian right now. Uh, but I lived in New York for 12 years and I come pretty much once a month for, for work to, to get things done. And I have seen firsthand the difference in New York because of the illegal immigrants that are being bused into New York City. I was walking through Midtown. They are absolutely everywhere. They're sitting on subway corners. They are running around the streets. They are just hanging out. Okay. And so if you've lived in New York City long enough, you know that New York City has always had a sizable illegal immigrant population, but they have been more or less absorbed into the fabric of the city, right? So they are working, they have homes, they have real lives. What I saw when I was in New York City just a few weeks back actually really shocked me. And if, if seeing this and seeing the degradation of not only the public spaces, uh, but also a lot of the public services that a lot of people in New York City mm -hmm. have come to expect um, being degraded by the influx of illegal immigrants into that city. If that doesn't uh, wake people up and tell them that it's time to start doing things a little differently, I don't know what will. But I do not believe that it will because there is this 
Borg of liberals in New York City that think that just because they vote left or for, vote for Democrats, that makes them a good person. These people have Stockholm syndrome. And mm-hmm. also, there is a huge amount of social pressure to go along with whatever the left says, especially in a place like New York. I dealt with it for, for 12 years. I was pretty much ran out of New York City uh, when I decided to become. Um, a, an outspoken conservative. And so that's what we're up against. And, you know, we really want people to say enough is enough. We really want people to move on. But I'm telling you, I, I think that things have to get much worse. And by much worse, I mean even worse than they already are for people to wake up about the consequences of the things that they have been voting for. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. And as an Army veteran yourself, Yes. How upset, how outraged are you when you when you look at how the migrants are being treated? You know, they're they're being brought into the country. They're being given cash, phones, being bussed and flown around all of the yeah. hotel rooms. And then you yeah. see veterans being pushed out and not getting any of the benefits that they should be getting uh, because apparently the country seems to not care about them as much as they care about the illegals. Oh, well, absolutely not. And and of course, it's infuriating. And I'm not even going to talk about, you know, the fact that uh, these hotel rooms have been canceled for illegal immigrants. What about the fact that we have a homeless veteran population um, that is not being given Mm -hmm. the attention that they deserve? Because we have decided as as a country and, and specifically in New York City that we have to spend billions and billions and billions of dollars to make people who should not be in this country as comfortable as we possibly can. We need to put them in hotel rooms. We need to give them phones. We need to give them stipends. I think in some of those hotels, they even get free room service, okay? So they are getting things that they absolutely have not earned, do not deserve, and should not be getting because they should not be here, period. And I do not know what more people need to see um, in order to realize that we have a massive problem with illegal immigration in this country and somebody needs to do something about it. And it can't just be conservatives that are talking about this all the time, because this is something that affects everybody, particularly the people in these large cities that keep voting for liberals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, that brings me to the next topic, something that I wish more people would also be talking about, because this to me does not seem like a conservative versus a liberal issue. It seems to me very much a common sense issue, and that's the idea of biological men competing in women's sports. Uh, There was just a most recent example. There was a women's swim team at Roanoke Roanoke College, Rob. Uh, They found the courage, thankfully, to speak up after they were forced to let a trans on their roster this past season. And, you know, this is someone that used to compete on the men's side, and I think place, you know, w- way down, like, you know, in the middle towards the bottom, and then, you know, coming over to the women's side, obviously trying to up the opportunities and the advantage that they would have there. Uh, Rob, what the F are we doing? Why is this even a debate that when we know that there's a major biological difference between men and women, that we are still being put in the position and putting these young girls and women in the position where they have to compete against men? You know why it's a debate, Charlie? Because as usual, Republicans and conservatives are about 15 minute, 15 years late to the game, okay? So the left has been pushing the trans agenda for well over a decade at this point, okay? Um, this has been going on for a very long time. They have inserted the trans agenda into the, the Title IX program, the, the Title IX rules about, you know, um, 
high schools and in, in, in universities and things like that. They have inserted the trans agenda into journalism. They have inserted the trans agenda into absolutely everything. And again, like I said, it has gone on under conservatives' noses to the point to where we didn't start really noticing until it became so egregious that people had mm-hmm. to speak up. And if you have somebody like Riley Gaines, who is so bold and so brave and speaking up about this and gets regular death threats and has to have security when she goes and speak on a college campus and says something as simple as biological men should not be competing with biological women in sports. It is insane that we have even gotten to this place, but it is, and this is where I have a lot of things to say about the conservative movement and the Republican Party in general. It's that when you let the left take over entertainment, when you let the left take over media, when you let the left take over journalism, when you let the left take over academia, when you let the left take over all of these things for decades and decades, and you have retreated to, I don't know, talk radio in the church, then this is what happens. And so now we are Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 years behind uh, where they play the long game. And, I, and I'll tell you what, they're probably on to, to something else right now. Now that we have realized that this is such a huge issue, um, they're, they're on to the next thing. Oh, and, and what do you, when you say the next thing, what do you think that next thing is? Oh, I've tweeted about this a lot, Charlie. It has nothing to do with the topic that we're talking about right now. But the left obviously has a long game right now to delegitimize the Supreme Court in the eyes of most Americans so mm-hmm. that they can make the argument to to uh, they're going to say expand the Supreme Court, but really pack the Supreme Court um, by playing by the rules. The left has lost the Supreme Court for a generation. Right. It is a conservative ruled Supreme Court. So now what the left is doing is funding documentaries. They are funding nonprofits. They are completely attacking Clarence Thomas. All of these things are meant to delegitimize the Supreme Court in the eyes of people right now so that in 10, 15 years, they're going to talk about expanding it. And people have been filled with so much hatred for the Supreme Court as an institution. They'll be all about it. This is what I said. The left plays a long game. The right does not. That's why we're always behind. Wow. That's such an interesting point you made. Uh, That's actually very scary uh, to think about the ability that they have to brainwash the entire population and then uh, it just, you know, poison the minds of everybody so no one really has any idea what's truly going on beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, now, Rob, I want to also get your thoughts on uh, on this on this ESPN series. Uh, ESPN continuously says that they want to stay out of the race wars. They don't want to do the race baiting. They want to let go of that narrative. But they started this series on ESPN+. Plus. It's called Skin in the Game. And they had an Olympian, Gwendolyn Berry. She is a former hammer thrower. Uh, and she made the statement that she believes that athletes are the new slaves. So I want you to listen to this and then comment. It's almost like the contracts, you know, are the new slave chains, right? So, you know, you have to sign this contract and sign this document and sign this document. It's like you're binded to this. And then if you break that, that's your livelihood. That's your life. So we the new slaves. Athletes are literally the new slaves because we need this. Our families, our friends depend on this contract to eat. Okay. Because you sign a contract and are forced to do your job, and and by the way, most of these athletes are making millions of dollars when they sign these contracts. How how in the world can you make this comparison? It just it just feels like they're pushing something and they're just reaching so far for something that just doesn't make sense. 
Well, of course, it doesn't make sense. And you see in that clip, not only was Gwendolyn Berry there, but there was our friend Henry Rogers, a.k.a. Ibram X. Kendi, um, who is the the leader of the quote-unquote anti-racist movement. So look, number one, that, that woman can barely, she can barely wrap her head around what it was that she was trying to say. But the <laughs> idea that at, that athletes uh, and slaves are in any way comparable is absolutely ridiculous. But here's the thing. She's wearing a shirt that says activist athlete. And I want to point out this as well, Charlie. There is a real financial incentive for this woman who, you know, she's an Olympian. Yeah, I believe that she was a gold medalist, et cetera, et cetera. But how is she making money right now? So there is a real financial incentive for these people to go out on these platforms to say the most outrageous things possible so that she can get speaking engagements, so that she can get book deals, so that she can get booked to be on panels, so that she can get all of this attention as a quote unquote Mm -hmm. activist. Okay, Uh, and if she wants to go that route, I would actually recommend that she takes some lessons in elocution or actually tries to figure out what it Mm -hmm. is that she's trying to say, because I can barely understand her. Okay, so I think the common theme, uh, I asked you about what the F are we doing in so many different ways, and I've laid forth so many different examples, and based on your answers, I think the answer of what the F are we doing is we're being manipulated in so many different ways. Absolutely. Look, we're being manipulated by the left who controls all the entirety um, of the mainstream media. They manipulate people like Gwendolyn Berry, who run around pretending as if she's a slave uh, for having to sign a multi-million dollar contract. Um, They manipulate the American public into being so afraid to say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman that they're pretty much handing over uh, female sports to mentally ill men that identify as women. Mm -hmm. So that's what the F we're doing. And if we want to un-F it, then it's going to take uh, people bold enough to speak up and to say what's what's real, uh, what's factual, and and what's biological Mm -hmm. (laughs) in uh, the, the coming years and decades. Absolutely. Well, well, you are definitely one of those people that we want to continue here speaking up. Uh, and you can't be canceled, which is the good news. Uh, Rob Smith, thank you so much. Appreciate your time and we'll see you soon. I cannot. Thank you very much. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, if you want to get a little bit more insight on that skin in the game show, we actually uh, have a full review on episode two of Skin in the Game. It was just posted to Outkick.com from Dan Z. Uh, He always brings the fire, so take a look at that. Uh, Also bringing the fire, guys, one of the men that I spoke to this past weekend ahead of his fight was Joaquin Buckley. Dana White, in advance of his fight, called it one of the if-you-know-you-know moments And he's always been a favorite fighter of mine to talk to. So, as expected, Buckley did go on to dominate in his win over Alex Morono. He got a unanimous decision victory. And now he is calling for a main event spot. So, I caught up with the welterweight, Joaquin Buckley, ahead of his fight to get his take on what's going on in the world outside of the octagon. Here you go. Okay, Joaquin Buckley. Always a fun guy to watch inside the octagon. Also, always a fun guy to talk to outside of the octagon. Uh, You were known as the most viral fighter in the UFC. How did you get that moniker? Uh, You know, I got that moniker by doing my thing back in Abu Dhabi back in 2020, by getting the most viral knockout. And 
end up having the most views on Twitter, the most views on uh, YouTube, Instagram, and whatnot. And pretty much it made me an over, overnight star, almost. Uh, well, you know, your skill speaks for itself, but also you have the persona uh, that a lot of guys strive to have. You know, it, it's best to have that all-around package when you're looking to be successful in the fight game, as we know. Yeah. You know, what what part of your personality do you think really shines through the most when you get on the mic or, you know, you get to do your post-fight interview? Uh, what about that whole aspect excites you? Uh, well, I mean, not about just excites me, but, you know, like you said, just my personality alone, where I come from in uh, St. Louis, you know, you got a lot of people that uh, just speak their mind, you know, and, and tell their truth. And it's very charismatic when they do that. And I think people can attach to themselves with me when they watch me fight. And they just love that I just keep it real every time I, you know, come on camera or speak on the mic. You said to me yesterday that you speak on the things that you want. And I know that you look up to guys like Sean Strickland, who we all know uh, speaks his mind to the fullest extent. And we just talked about the fact that, mm. you know, he put himself in the position to win the championship. Uh, he yeah. He's relentless in what he says. He's so authentic. What is it about guys like him that inspire you? And do you plan to follow in that same path and really just make it known what's important to you uh, along with, you know, doing your best performing in the UFC? Well, you know, just the biggest thing, because I'm, I'm my biggest inspiration myself. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Sean Strickland is showing a lot of guys. It's just how you do this business, how you how you approach this game and how you speak about yourself and how you speak about, you know, just even your own personal beliefs is how people actually get behind you because they don't really know us outside of the cage. You know, everybody thinks that fighters are just, just, you know, ignorant, you know, type of guys that want to hurt people for money, but, you know, behind, you know, you know, closed doors, you know, we're, we're human beings, we're regular guys and we all have different beliefs, different religions that we follow. You know, you got a dude named Bryce Mitchell, we're also doing his own thing, you know, and, and showing that religion for himself that he believes in God and how God and his faith pushed him on to put on great fights and put on great performances. It just shows that, you know, your personality sells at the end of the day. And you really want to show people exactly who you are in that cage, you know, so. I'm so happy that you brought up Bryce Mitchell because same thing. I mean, it's not always the popular belief that these guys put forward, Sean Strickland, Bryce Mitchell, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, uh, just to name a few guys. Uh, but at the end of the day, if it matters to you, you should feel like you're in a position where you should feel comfortable speaking about it. And I'm not really so worried what other people are going to think, because ultimately, you know, we all have matter. opinions and uh, yeah. we're not all going to agree on everything. Is there anything, uh, Joaquin, that's important to you that you feel comfortable or maybe don't feel so comfortable speaking about, but something that you feel like represents who you are? Uh, I mean, my biggest thing is just, you know, where I come from in St. Louis, there's a lot of things that I feel like can change within my city. You know, it's a lot of crime. And it's, a, it's a lot of murders that are happening down in St. Louis. And I feel like the direction that my city is taking, they're pretty much like sweeping everything under like the rug in, in a sense where they don't take care of the actual matters that... Uh, that actually would be able to change what's going on in my city and uh, the outcomes and situations where they're building up these new, you know, buildings and uh, I'm talking about billion dollar businesses coming in. You know, we got a new soccer team uh, in, in City Park, you know, called uh, in the MLS uh, for our soccer team. 
And, you know, they've done so much for downtown city St. Louis to make everything like entertainment wise, but they're not doing anything for the young kids and the young uh, uh, young men who are putting themselves in, in, in bad position because they don't have anything else to do. You know, so I feel like, you know, myself, I can end up being a leader or just an inspiration that, you know, if you put your mind to something, man, you can do anything that you want to do. But you got to, you know, you got to buckle down and work. But a lot of people, I feel like there's no leadership in my city. And I feel like I can put myself in position to do that. So I guess that's one thing. Yeah, I think we're seeing that all across the country, just a lack of leadership. Um, unfortunately, police officers in a lot of situations not able to do their jobs. Uh, so crime is going up in so many different places. Uh, it's really sad to see. Uh, something else I wanted to get your position on, because I know you're an athlete. Uh, you understand, of all people, the strength that men have versus the abilities of women. You know, not not that women can't hold their own, but when, when you're putting a man up against a woman, uh, we're going to see some differences. We're probably going to see some struggles. Uh, and that's the reason why, for the most part, we keep women and, and men separate when competing. Yeah. What do you think about the fact that there are some situations now where we're finding biological males, transgenders, uh, yeah. being able to compete in the same division as women? Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, it's unfair for a lot of the female athletes, you know, to have to compete with something like that. And it's unfortunate that this country has, you know, gotten to that point, you know, but to be honest with you, it, for me, it's not my battle. It's for other females to be able to fight that you know, and, and and pretty much speak their stories and speak their claims on why this shouldn't be going on, you know. So because other females, they feel like, you know, it's okay because it makes them push harder. So, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like it's the female's athlete's choice on, on what needs to happen with, you know, that type of situation. All right. A big thank you again to Joaquin Buckley for giving me some time ahead of his fight, which again was a victory over Alex Morono. Now calling for, in fact, not just calling for, he is demanding a main event spot. So we'll see if that comes to fruition, uh, but always enjoy talking with him. I had a great time in Vegas overall. Also, everyone, because I mentioned it on Friday about the sphere, you probably all have seen it all over social media and the internet. Uh, maybe you've been to Vegas to check it out personally yourself, but uh, $2.3 billion to construct. The sphere is now finally complete and they're holding all types of events. So I got a chance uh, this past weekend to go to the sphere. I saw the world premiere of Darren Aronofsky's postcard from earth, which I'm going to be honest. I thought the sphere was incredible. I mean, it was the most dynamic thing I've ever seen. It was like, um, a whole planetarium-esque movie. So you had to look up to see the movie in front of you down. But the movie itself, it was it was more of like a planet Earth type vibe. It, the way I would compare it, you know when you walk into a Best Buy or something similar and they have all the different TVs with the pictures of Earth and nature on so you can see and compare the different TVs. That's kind of how I felt this movie was. Just like a big display of how cool the screen was in the sphere. The movie itself, not so impressive, but I'm glad I got to see it. Wanted to share that with all of you. And on that note, uh, that's it, guys. We are at the end of today's episode of Outkick the Morning. Thank you so very much for being here with me. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button and also like, leave a comment. You can find me on social media all across the board at Charlie on TV. So drop me a line. Let me know what you think. And I will see all of you bright and early, same place, same time tomorrow. Have a good one. Are you looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At OutKick, find exclusive promos, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet.